G'day guys and welcome back to another episode of Thriving in Chaos with me, Paz. Thank you so much for choosing this podcast to listen, watch, wherever it is that you get your podcasting needs. If you haven't already, jump over to Instagram, Paz underscore official page and give it a follow. I release daily content as well as sneak peeks for all of the episodes with the amazing guests that I have coming up. Anyway, guys, enjoy this episode, and until then, I'll see you later. Today, I am joined uh, by Josie Marsden. Josie, thank you so much for for joining me. I really appreciate your time. Tell everybody a little bit about you and and how you uh, came to be on the podcast with me. So, um, Paz kindly followed me a couple of weeks ago, and I followed back straight away because I realized what um, his page was all about, Um, did a bit of listening and looking and um then has reached out to me and asked if i would be interested in coming on the podcast and straight away i was like yeah because i'd already started having a bit of a binge of um the podcast on spotify so um i was very interested but obviously um not expecting just very honored that uh he reached out to me and um between now and then i've been listening to other ones that he's been releasing so yeah, really excited to be here. Actually, really, really keen to um, have a chat with you. So, yeah, yeah. And so, Josie, you are you are a nutritionist. You run an on like an online uh, nutritional wellness type business. Um, how did you get into the whole nutrition world, and and what was that journey looking looking like for you? Um, so, I guess I've had my own weight loss journey. Um, I've been through a fair bit of. Um, negative food relationships and um eating disorders and you name it i've probably tried it um and then i actually signed up uh with a coach um and i started my own journey through guidance um and then naturally i've just gravitated into wanting to study because i got to a point where i'd lost over 50 kilos and on an online um platform a lot of people were reaching out to me for guidance um support and i i wasn't qualified to do so so i was really capped at how i could help people other than just sharing what i did um so i opted to start studying um, at first it was just to expand my knowledge and help me further better myself um, and also understand a bit more about um what i could do to improve my health my wellness um and just get a bit of a broader scope on how to eat properly and look after myself long term um pretty much as soon as people found out i was qualified there was a burst of people going i want to hire you you need to do this and i thought you know what if i can help as many people as i possibly can which is why i started my instagram page just to put out what i was doing and if someone got anything from it that was a win for me like there was no no intention of ever making any income from doing something like this um but yeah just like naturally gravitated into it and i had people following me for you know five six years that knew me like the back of their hand and i had no idea who they were uh reaching out to me for support and um wanting me to coach them into a better lifestyle and better health so pretty much how it happened i just yeah it was then it just happened snowball effect type of thing so and now yeah. I'm 10 months in and yeah, it's booming. It's great. And just absolutely loving it, hey? Like it's it's, it's such yeah. a special thing to be a part of like people's life, which is really such an intimate part of who they are, right? Because your your physical appearance, uh, the way that you feel about yourself is 
ultimately what you wake up every day and you either feel good about yourself or you feel shit about yourself. And our body composition and, and what we look like has a massive role to play in the way that we feel. And then, you know, that reacts to every other element of our life. So you said um, just then that like you were, you struggled with your own battles with, you know, things like eating disorders and things like that. Can you take us into a little bit of how that kind of started for you? Was it a, uh, like a body image thing? Did it start when you were a kid or how did that come about? So I, starting from when I grew up, I had parents that separated quite young, um, two polar opposite people in the world of who they are, how they eat, everything like that. So my mum was a big meal eater. Picture an Italian grandmother, like feeding, 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 like massive plates of food, right? My dad was the polar opposite, right? He thought that if you ate small things frequently, that that was better, better for your digestion. So I lived between both houses. So I had both worlds right um growing up wasn't so bad like out on dad's um farm like eating frequently was good because we were always out riding on motorbikes doing other stuff like last thing we were thinking about was food so um but as i got older um i gravitated both together right so i was just constantly overeating i was eating big meals for my main meals and then just snacking Mm. um so it didn't really affect me um i moved out when i was like 15 so I was fine. I was very active, still working full time and going to school. So I had a busy, busy life. It wasn't until actually after I had my daughter. So I fell pregnant when I was 19. I was a young mum, teen mum. It wasn't until after I had my daughter and in the relationship that I was in where um, trigger warning, a lot of DV, um, it was a very domestic violence. Um, He would restrict me from going out, doing things seeing people um, to the point that he'd moved me three hours away. So I was very isolated. Um, I had my daughter and I had no transport. I had no money. I had no no way of being socially and physically active. Um, so I started gaining weight because my life had completely changed. So I was stuck at home with a newborn baby. Um, all I really had to do was eat. And with the money that I had, it wasn't great food. Um, and unfortunately that is what started the weight gain. And I just lost the love for myself because I hadn't had love from other people. I was still, I was trying to find that and I couldn't find the other people. So there was no way I was loving myself at that time. I was literally just surviving. Um, so that, uh, that continued on until Ellie was Nelly, my daughter's Ellie, sorry, um, was Nelly, I think she was about 10 months old, maybe. Um, I packed up and I just left. I chose us over that situation. Um, and then I just struggled to find the right information to help myself. And that's when, you know, these dramatic things around eating, like restricting and, not eating and there was a time where I was taking laxatives because I thought the quicker that it gets out, the less I'm going to gain, like, you know what I mean? So um, there was just no no good education out there like there is now. Don't get me wrong, there's still lots of shit, <laughs> still plenty yeah. of shit education yeah. out there, but there is far more people out there that are actually qualified sharing the good word. Um, about nutrition Mm. and health and what it takes to actually be a healthy human being. So, um, yeah, so it it really all stemmed from being in a relationship where I had no support. 
um, and I couldn't do, see or be anyone um, at all. So um, that's just what happened. And then I yo-yoed for years and years and then I finally signed up with my coach and um, that was in 20, oh God, 2019, started 2019. Um, mm-hmm. And from there it's just been, yeah, just I haven't stopped evolving. Like I didn't get to my goal and just stop. Like I haven't stopped evolving, which has been nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's a, that's an incredible like backstory to where you are now. And I guess the, all of the life experience that you've had and the feelings around yourself, the feelings around food and all of that, because it's so intertwined because it's such a habitual thing for people to fall back on a feel good food as that comfort, right? You know, to Mm. this makes me feel good for you know, maybe it's a little bit of time, maybe it's a long uh, amount of time. And we get stuck in that and then you just find so much comfort there. When you were in uh, that really hard situation and you were really struggling with the obvious with what your partner was, was doing, what were, the, what were the thought patterns and those things that were going through your mind that you were telling yourself, you know, both good but also the bad stuff as well so i think also being young you don't have a lot of life experience if someone tried to do that to me now it would be a whole different situation they'd be out the door before they even finish their sentence but um you know at 19 with a newborn baby three hours away um i think a lot of it was just survival mode like people pleasing and i think that also stemmed throughout a lot of the time between now and then is that you are stuck pleasing this person but you're also trying to save them like Mm. you want them to be better and they manipulate you to think that they do they are getting better and they they show signs of um you know it's like i always call it the like the throw your line out and reel it in and then you don't catch anything and then they're like oh i'm not fishing for a while and then you go to leave the fish start goes to leave and they're like oh come back and they reel you back in again um but my thought process for a lot of it was just like i don't deserve this shit like Mm. what what have i done to do deserve this but then also there was a part of my brain that was like why am i complaining like things aren't that bad like i've got a beautiful daughter i'm like at that time i thought i was healthy and happy and i was going to be okay and things would get better um but it wasn't until he actually become physically violent one time when i was holding my daughter that I just, yep. in my head, there was just this switch and I was like, my language, but I was like, you're fucking going down. Like, I'm mm. out. Like, I'm. this is, that was it. Like, um, and for a lot of people that are in DV, it's, it's, the switch is kind of getting flicked a little bit, but there's always a one time that just goes boom and you're done. Like, um, and it takes a lot of courage. I think the, the half getting there of leaving builds up the courage over time and you start to get your your control back and and your voice and your um your strength because you realize how insignificant they are and that's why Mm. they do that um so i guess it was just like it from start to finish of that situation there wasn't one chain of thought like it was a gradual change of um how i perceived myself how i perceived the situation and how i um who I was as well. Like I slowly got myself back. Um, and for some people it takes a lot longer. Um, I'm very lucky that it took 
a far less time. Um, and I had support waiting for me when I left. Um, and some people don't. So I always mm. see the silver lining in it. Like I was lucky enough to be able to get out. I was lucky enough to be able to have support system that helped me stay out. And um, I've taken every inch of that time as a learning lesson and I've never let anyone tell me what to do or who to be ever again. Um, yeah. And I'm and very stubborn in that. That's a, that's a that. massive, massive like feat for yourself to be able to get to that point. And it is extremely hard because – uh, in my own life and in my own experiences within relationships, like I have been in, um, obviously not to not to the same extent as what uh, you're speaking about, but one of my ex-partners, she was extremely abusive to myself, both emotionally, mentally, and also physically, which to me was very, it was, it was hard because, you know, being, being a man and, um, you know, like, having this little woman, you know, feel that she could, you know, lay hands on me. But I knew that if I was to react back to it, then I would be automatically the bad guy. You know, automatically everything else is, yeah. yeah, And it's, I I really, I really struggle with that, um, especially nowadays where, um, you know, like absolutely domestic violence impacts women. But domestic violence also impacts men. And there's so many blokes who are in very similar situations to what you were in. And it gets even trickier when there's kids involved. But just yeah. because it's not, it's the man isn't doing the, uh, the so-called violence, then it's like it's just swept under the carpet. And I hope that it continues to get better. Um, but it's, I know dudes who have felt stuck because if they... You know, they don't know how to react because they're just in this limbo land. And when I was in there, one of the things, and you mentioned it, was it's that cast the reel out and, you know, the fish goes away and it's only when you're trying to leave that they all of a sudden, you know, want to have a nibble Catch on the back. bait. And yeah, you know, and, and I fell victim to that so many times and it, completely destroyed me as a person for a good couple of years once I finally decided like no I deserve so much more than this like I don't deserve to be spoken to like this or treated like this or whatever all of the emotional things that came with it and I tell you I shut down for a long time and emotionally I switched off yeah Yeah, absolutely and I think a lot of people don't understand that the the repercussions that come afterwards are enormous and it's such a huge war ground within your own self that you have to start to overcome before you want to allow anybody to start to get close to you again and before you want to be able to believe anything that this new person yeah. is trying to I tell you, into right? An like it's, it's an impossible yeah. task. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And one thing anyone that's going to listen and watch this and hear me say this is that I have always been an advocate for both men and women. If I see anything that's out of the ordinary, men and women, even just sometimes I've been like around mutual friends and like the female partner has said or done something to manipulate the man and I am not scared to say something because if that person Mm. knows that someone's watching and listening, then they have to think about what they've just said or what they've just done. Um, anyone that knows me that's watching this will laugh and be like, Josie will 
in in the scariest situations i'll pipe up real fucking quick because i do not stand for anyone being treated anything less than a human being um and Mm. like you were saying like um you know as a male you're scared because the amount of times that you know women have done the wrong thing and said you know that you the man has done something and it you know people are quick to believe the woman really quick because yes women are more likely to be abused but I don't think the numbers are very true when men just don't speak up as well because they are either not believed or there's repercussions that maybe something has happened that's not true Mm. um and also I find that a lot of men that have been abused it doesn't really get to a physical part unlike you unfortunately you got to that Mm. part but it's um psychologically and manipulating and you know um like trying to contain that person because of you know whatever the other person's insecurities whatever it might be um yeah but yeah i think the numbers are not as accurate as they're portrayed because i do believe that women speak up a lot more than men because women have more support and that's sad Um, yeah absolutely and i know that it was one of the things that i really struggled with over the years because this was a long time ago now but like over the years uh, as i became more and more open to being able to to speak about it it was because there was a level of shame there i guess you know for from my perspective like i didn't want to be seen as you know like what is so often kind of like a like it's funny you know like if uh yeah. if the oh you what you're a bloke how did you yeah. what do you mean how do you let you know, her like, do what that do you you're mean? a bloke yeah how how could a how could a chick you know um, you know smack you <sighs> smack you in the face and it's like well the way that it you know like the situation that it involved was like well if i would have hit back then i'd probably be in handcuffs and you yeah, know you'd like, be charged and she would be mm, probably like oh, fine like i yeah the system is twisted and just going back on what you said yeah. about like having to rebuild um who you were and putting that wall up i did that for so many years because i just couldn't trust um you know a male to because my partner my ex-partner he pretended to be something so different to what he was and as soon as i was pregnant Mm. total change he's like i got you you're mine like he didn't have to put on any fake faces or anything anymore and it just spiraled from there so for many years after that um i you know someone would come into my life and i'd be like arm's length um, as mm. much as I wanted to be loved and I wanted to give love and I had so much to give, I just couldn't quite trust someone enough to, um, you know, be real, um, real close to me. But I also think that that stemmed from me not really knowing who I was and I hadn't figured that out yet. I hadn't really solidified how yeah. strong I was and how capable I was just to walk away. I was really scared that I'd get stuck again because I wasn't strong enough. Mm. Um, but once I realized that I wouldn't put up with that crap, it was easier to let people kind of closer because I'm like, I can cut you off as quick as I can let you in because I'm, I'm content with who I am and I'll be content with the decision I make. I don't need to appease anyone else. I'm okay with just being on my own. It's, it's a right for you to be in my life just as it is, I'm, it's a right for me to be in yours. So, um, mm. yeah, it takes a long time to trust someone again, especially someone that's in your home and around your child like i I also had a child so um Mm. i also live you know everyday life with my abuser um but it's funny how different he is now when he has no power yeah 
So, and so what were you then, Josie? You said that you were lucky enough to to have support, and like you mentioned, not everybody is lucky enough to to have that support system around them. What was the what was the first steps for you to start to go? I need to work on myself, and this is how I'm going to do it. Um, so the, do you mean in getting out? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So I think like now, like you're, you're out of that situation and now you're trying to still figure out who you are. What were the first steps that you were just like, okay, this is where I'm going to conjure all of my energy and put it into, to all of this. So in regards to like getting out of that situation, I was very grateful that I had, um, my grandpa. So I actually moved to Sydney from Lismore, which is where I grew up um, yeah. the day I graduated high school. Um, so my mum's dad, I call him grandpa, um, he invited me to come stay with him out of school. And um, he, honestly, I wouldn't be who I am without him. Like he would have to be um, the most selfless person I've ever met in my life. Um, and I owe him a lot of my life. It, because of him. He helped me raise early. He gave me a home when I needed it. Um, and he was the first one I called when I needed to get out. And he was he he was standing there waiting for me to rock up. Um, and whatever I needed, he gave it to me. Um, whatever he needed, I tried to do the same. Um, so for me, he was my support person. Um, in regards to like figuring out who I was, I think it wasn't until lockdown our big lockdown that that happened um between the period of me coming back from newcastle to the 2020 lockdown um my life shook up a lot a lot i ended up meeting someone yep. in 20 i want to say 16 um we had a great relationship he was fantastic he's still part of our lives now um we bought a house um we were on the road to doing the traditional things, having kids, getting married, all that stuff. Um, it was about a year after I started my own journey of like losing weight and stuff that we started to realize that what the paths, the path that people expected us to go on felt pushed, not wanted. Um, yeah. So we made a hard decision amicably um, to sell our house. We lived together for six months before our house sold happily. Like, you know, we just, I don't know, I can't fault him in any way for how, he, um, you know, he's treated me, our whole, t whole relationship and through that whole period. Um, but, yeah, I shook up my whole life. I changed my life, sold house, moved out on my own, quit smoking, quit going out, like dabbling in drugs, doing whatever. Um, but then I went into a really scary stage of, like, trying to find out who I was. Um, I was so scared of being in my own company. Fuck, mm. it was a. I'd been through that many things growing up, um, DV, all that stuff. Put me in the house by myself, and I was fucking lost. I yeah. I can't even explain how I felt. Um, it's like I had everything taken out from underneath me. Everything that I thought I knew. I was in a new house by myself. Um, obviously Ellie was here during the week, but I just felt like I'd been stripped of absolutely everything that I'd built, um, all my security blankets and my support system, even though they were still there, um, like my grandpa friends, um, I don't really, I don't have family in Sydney. Um, but 
I was literally left with the bare minimum and then lockdown hit and mm. I was like, I panicked. I really panicked. But yeah. I think the best thing that ever happened to me was being forced to really enjoy being in my own company yeah. because I have never and I never probably would have been able to experience so much self-development, um, you know, figuring out who I was, spending all this time on my own, just focusing on me. Um I, yeah, I, I don't think that I would have ever really figured it out and I would have always relied on other people to make me feel good, um, make me feel wanted, make me feel accepted um, and, yeah, all that. Because before before lockdown happened, I probably went into a stage where I was newly single. Um, my whole life had been shook up. I didn't have Ellie on weekends, so I was going back out partying, um, kind of getting justification of how good I was as a person by feeling wanted like um yeah by men by women I didn't care if someone wanted yeah. me I felt good um I never ever let them get close really like I never it's not like I went on like this sex rampage or anything but I was very focused on other people yeah. wanting me and I fucking loved it I loved it and it was only because yeah. I just mm-hmm. didn't love myself and I was like, oh, you love me. That means I should be all right. Like, you know, I must be all right. Um, you want me? Oh, that's cool. Like, it was a toxic, toxic time. So lockdown came mm. at the worst and the most perfect time. Um, and I know a lot of people yeah. had a really negative experience with COVID. Um, and I hate talking about it in a positive light because I know a lot of people lost their homes, their incomes, um, their mental health and all that. And I was just the pole opposite. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was, it was, it, I needed that. I needed to be stuck on my own. And I was stuck on my own for 18 weeks. I was in mm. full strict lockdown. We were only allowed out an hour a day and that was to go yeah. for a walk. Yeah. So, um, that, was a, that was the weird thing around the whole COVID thing, right? Is that it was, Yes, it was devastating for a lot of people, um, like you said, businesses, finances, mental health and things like that. But then, like you've said, it also allowed people to really kind of realign themselves with what it is that they wanted for their life because they were almost forced to to have that mandated break, you know, like you had to and like it didn't come easy, obviously, for people with uh, with businesses. And I know people who who lost businesses because of it, which in turn, you know, super impacted their family, uh, impacted them themselves and so on and so forth. But I think that sometimes it takes those spanner in the works um, in life to really make you work for yourself and figure out who it is that you want to be, what you want to do. And I think that the, the days are gone where people are okay to just be in like just that, everyday nine to five kind of work. There's nothing wrong with the the nine to five because obviously that's what some people love to do. But more the uh, the mindset around it, more that nobody wants to do anything more than just to work so that they can live. Instead, people want to be able to live so that they can work. And that's what, you know, like the, the it's kind of like a complete flip around that people want to, they're happy to work, but they want to be able to do it on their own terms and do the things that they love. And I think that that's so important to be able to align yourself with that. And that can be within the same job role that you're doing right now. 
but you just need to be able to make sure that you've got that good relationship with yourself and you need to be able to make sure that the goals that you're kicking outside of whatever it is that brings the income in is making sure that your life has fulfillment and that is what people tend to lack so much of um, in life is that fulfillment factor and that's why people rely on the weekend rolling around and getting absolutely shit-faced because they feel yeah, good, the balance. you know. the balance is out of work. Yeah. Like there's no balance yeah. within the Monday to Friday. So when Saturday, Sunday comes, people are just fucking all up in the air. Let's go for it. Um, yeah, And you don't absolutely. need that when you've experienced a more balanced life. Like um, I think that COVID opened up a lot of opportunities online space. There's a lot of online coaches and online mentors and all that stuff now work from home options like i think it yep. actually opened up a lot more balance for people to obtain um like i work from home with my normal job three days a week i do my yep. coaching online um you know it's just created a more there's more opportunity to find balance like if you really want that balance you can work towards or look for a role that has a more um, balanced approach and, you know, work from home options or, you know, four days a week instead of five. Like um, I think it's eliminated. Obviously tradies is a lot different. You would know, mm, um, yep. you know, there's no, there's no work from home option when you're laying bricks and dumping yep. concrete. And I get that. Um, but I mean, their partners or their mum or their auntie or their sister might have, or, or their brother might have more option to be, um, more flexible and then they can help as well like that tradie mm. might have kids that need you know one day a week you can drop them off for them like I feel like um, now I have more opportunity to help other people um, yep. and using that balance in a good way is nice um, but I did find that there's a lot of people that come out of COVID that just got stuck in COVID mindset of just not doing anything. This episode of the podcast is proudly brought to you by Power Substrathpine. Strathpine's best supplement store. Biggest brands, cheapest prices, all available in one location. You can go in-store and use my discount code PAZ10 for a 10% discount. Power Sup Strathpine, home of no home brands, all of your supplement needs, all in one place. Yeah. Um, which then sucks as well. Um, but I suppose it's how you are as an individual, what you take out of a shitty situation. Um, COVID mm. was really shitty when it started, but I silver lining. If someone said, "Oh, two months every two weeks every six months you're going to be locked down," I'd be like, "That is fucking amazing. Let's yep. do it." Because, yep. like, you know that that downtime to really spend with yourself and spend within your home and just slow down is is really needed. Really mm. needed, especially this day and age where everyone's just busting balls to even buy groceries. It's yeah. ridiculous. Oh, we could go deep into the uh, the cost of living, which is just fucked at the moment. But we won't go it's there, insane. otherwise we'll be here all afternoon. It's ridiculous. <laughs> and so, yeah. um, I love that you brought up. Um, I love that you brought up balance. And uh, you yourself, you mentioned uh, earlier that you have lost fifty kilos, which is incredible. And as somebody like uh, like I've lost uh, like forty kilos, um, and I did that in. 12 months how long yeah thank you how long did it take you to to drop the the 50 kegs okay so 
the first initial like 20 kilos I did over mm-hmm. about six month period because I did keto yep. for a while. Um, yep. And then I maintained that for probably like a year or so. And then I signed up with my coach. The mm-hmm. 30 kilos I lost probably about the same time frame, about 12 months. Um, and yep. then as soon as I got to my goal weight, I went into a build phase and I've been, I went through about a two year build phase. I went hard, I went hard. So I gained. Yep about 20 kilos back, um, body composition wise, I would do it again in a heartbeat. Um, yeah. I've probably lost about five kilos since and I'm just sitting pretty cause, um, I've got a pretty major surgery in January where I won't be able to eat properly for nearly six weeks. So I'm oh. just trying to retain a bit of, um, uh, fat and build as much muscle as I can. Cause, um, I'm actually getting both my top and bottom jaw broken and move forward. So my Oof. teeth will be wired shut for at least six weeks. So, and wow. as you've seen so on my best, page. Your best mate's going to be a straw, hey, and a blender. Whatever can fit through my perfectly straight teeth. So um, yeah. Yeah. very much liquid diet. Um, mm-hmm. So, because I, I do get a lot of, not a lot, but a bit of slack, like, you know, oh, you've gained so much weight back. And it's like, there's a misunderstanding when people don't realize that being skinny isn't, everyone's goal um i was skinny mm-hmm. fucking hated it was there for like two weeks and i thought this is the worst i feel like i could snap at the ankles just walking down my driveway like i just didn't yeah. feel like myself not nothing against people that want to be really lean and thin good on you as long as you're retaining your health i don't care what you're doing um but it just wasn't for me i've always had shape i've always had big legs and like you know just strong legs and i just didn't have that anymore so um yeah i went into a, a meaningful build phase a two-year build phase which a lot of people pack out at like 12 weeks because it, it it's not comfortable yeah. um and i'm choosing to be this weight and this size because for my health it is the best thing that i can do mm-hmm. um and some people just with lack of education and um and experience don't understand that so Mm -hmm. um but it's good to be a coach that's actually been through all of the phases um i feel like i get a lot of people that resonate with me that are like you know it's it's nice to find a coach that actually was severely overweight um Mm -hmm. because like i'm only five six five or five i say five six but i'm not i'm like a little bit smaller but we say five six um and i the last time i clocked in was well over 110 kilos and I took about eight months off the scale, so I could only imagine what I got to. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't even be able to put a number on it, but I was, I was heavy. Yeah. Um, so it's nice. I get a lot of clients that resonate with the fact that I'm not just a let's get really skinny. Like I'm ha- balance. I always come back to balance. If you're not retaining your health, mm-hmm. I'm not for it. Like. Um, because you can do both. You can reach your goals and still retain your health the whole way through. Um, it's just a patient game. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's super important um, for people to to remember is that you have to be able to do it with the the realistic viewpoint that everything takes time. And losing weight, gaining weight, it all takes time. Yes, you can do it very, very unhealthily and do it very quickly on both ends of the spectrum. You know, like if I go and park myself at KFC, which to be honest, I would be happy to do because I love KFC. I love a Zika box. Yeah, oh, how good. And, you know, so I could go and park myself there for 
you know, for the next 12 months and gain as much weight as I deemed that I wanted to do or whatever it might be. But that's not a healthy way to do it because there's so many other factors that come into, you know, having those uh, feel-good foods or I still am like old school as far as my gym bro chat goes. Like I treat them as cheat meals, right? Some people don't like that term cheat meal anymore because, you know, like, um, the way your relationship that you should have with food is that it's not cheating and things like that. But for me, I know what cheat meal means. Like, you know, this is a food that I have from time to time because I like it, but I'm not going to eat it every single day because... It also goes the other way too. I feel like people get offended by the word cheat meal because they're blanketing the fact, the, the fact that they actually have a bad relationship with food. Yeah, so I would agree I with that completely. I find that people are like, oh, no, I don't call it a cheat meal because it's not a cheat meal. It's like, well, I mean, if you're saying that from a perspective because you have stuff like this all the time, it's just to make yourself feel better. Like, yeah, it goes mm. both ways. I, I, I don't say cheat meal, but I'll smash a zinger box and I'll be like, yeah. I don't deserve this. I hate when people say I deserve this. I'm like, I want this yeah. and I'm fucking having it because I look after yeah. my body. I eat my, you know, all my nutrients, macronutrients. I drink my water. I sleep. I'm eating the mm-hmm. Zinger box. I don't yeah. care what anyone says about it. <laughs> That's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, Josie, for you, like, as a nutritionist, um, what is the what is a really good way for people to identify like we're on the topic of like things like KFC and cheat meals and things? What's a good way that people can identify? Uh, what are good and what are not so good foods for you? Well, obviously, let's use a KFC Zinger box as an example and then home-cooked tacos, mm-hmm. right, two of my favorite meals. Yep. Um, if you look at home-cooked tacos, you have a really good source of protein. You mm-hmm. also have your veggies um, and it still tastes fucking amazing, right? But identifying that as a non-deep-fried food with color, color usually means whole, natural, good foods, good sources of vitamins, minerals, all that type of thing, that obviously is going to have more good things in it that are going to support your systems and your health rather than the KFC. But in saying that, they could have the same amount of calories, right, depending on how many tacos you have. I can smash 10. (laughs) So it just depends on how many you have and how much (laughs) sour cream cream you put on them, but we won't talk about that. Yeah. There is, you know, a lot of people, they think that they're flexible dieting, but they're actually following a, if it fits my macros. So there's a big difference in regards to the nutritional content of those foods. So I could eat 2000 calories a day and not be mindful of my macros. And I could eat two Zinger boxes a day, right? And it fits in my macros. It fits in my calories. Or I could eat 2,000 calories a day, have a Zinger box for lunch, have a normal oat breakfast and, you know, chicken schnitzel, salad, whatever for dinner, still eat 2,000 calories and two bits of fruit because I've got to get some fruit in there for the fiber, 2,000 calories. And that's going to be a whole lot better for my body, my energy levels, my hormones, um, everything, brain function, sleep better. That's going to do so much better for me than the two Zinger boxes. Yeah, And this should be looked at in all aspects of um, health. So fat loss, maintenance, um, and, you know, when you're in a surplus as well. Um, and that would be the difference between a dirty bulk and a clean bulk. You still yep. can have those 
cheat meals, there's just a balance in there. I'm obviously not going and saying like, go eat, um, you know, that zinger box every day for lunch, every day of the week. But it's okay to have that zinger box for lunch when you look at the rest of the week as an overview and go, you know what, I've had a really good balanced meals, had a bit of chalky, I've had my normal dessert, I've had a balanced approach to this week. Sunday, midday, whatever, you go and get a KFC zinger box. It's like overall I've found balance. And that balance yep. looks for different for different people, you know, and they're different goals. Yeah, you know when you're in a when you're in a certain deficit level, having a zinger box is not fucking worth it because it's going to blow it out, and you're really yep. not going to be able to eat much for that day. And is it really worth it to someone like me? Nah, I'd rather be able to eat six tacos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Sour cream on them, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I love that you. I love that you touched on those things, which because at the moment, um, and I see it a lot, and I'm sure you see it a fuckload on, especially the social media platforms. Right, all they're focusing on is the actual total calories, like what you were talking about. But think of it like everybody freaks out, especially uh, now um, while this podcast is being uh, recorded. This is before Christmas, and a lot of people freak out around the Christmas period because they're worried about all the foods that they're going to potentially eat and things like that. Now, I am in agreement with you that you do have to have, um, you know, like treat yourself and eat the bad, like the bad food, air quote, you know, and enjoy all of those foods. You can still do it in moderation. You don't have to eat the entire four blocks of chocolate that are on the on the table. Um, but the most important thing that I think that you touched on then, <laughs> the thing that, that you touched on then is the actual, the other health elements of it. Yes, it might fit your macronutrients as far as and most people only look at protein fats and carbohydrates but all of your other health that is in that you know like the oils that the deep fried thing is cooked in like you know what's that going to do for your colon health for your gut health for your circulation because of the way that it's impacting your heart for the way that it's going to impact the way that you sleep um you know the energy that you're going to have two KFC boxes a day every day of the week, you're going to be birthing a big poo because there's no fiber yeah. in that bad boy. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and all, of the, all of the effects that come with those foods come with the ramifications um, with the energy that you have tomorrow. Like I know that if I eat uh, an entire pizza, which I can do very, very easily, and I will structure Wait. my... <laughs> I will structure my my food around so that I can have that balanced meal of being able to enjoy that comfort, uh, feel good food that I like. And I every single time, the next day when I wake up, I feel like absolute dog shit because it has nothing in it, right? Like, yes, it fits the total calorie count that I'm allowed to eat, but it has no real benefit as far as the protein goes it has no real fiber elements to it it doesn't have any minerals and vitamins it's just a whole lot of nothing all jammed in that tastes really good amazing and yeah you know and and it's totally fine to eat that stuff and it's totally fine to eat those in moderation and from time to time just because it fits your calorie count doesn't mean that you should just worry about that and people will forget they're just like oh yeah like you know my calories have been 
X for this long and I've been eating whatever I want because, and it's just like, okay, but how's your bowel movements at the moment? Yeah, how's your, your sleeping been going? How properly. are all of yeah. these other things been? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And they, yeah, they, absolutely. And they people mis- misplace that. Mm. Yeah. And well, one way I coach as well is that, like, say if Christmas is coming up, right? It's not like, oh, you just have free reign or whatever. Like, don't just go to town. But I don't want you to go into Christmas being like, oh, I can't eat that potato bake. Like, or I can't eat the cob loaf or I can't eat this. I've got to be this. It's like, no. Be mindful have a good relationship that yep. everything on that table is food, right? And think about it like this. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have some cobbler because it's fucking delicious and potato bake and I'm going to have a fuckload of ham. But I'm also going to eat a bit of that salad that my auntie Jude made because that's fucking yep. bomb ass. I'm yep. also going to drink me water today. I'm going to have a protein shake before I go because I'm probably going to have extra Christmas treats because yep. you only live once. It's fucking Christmas. Mm. Yep. It's being mindful of your whole day. A lot of people will be like, I'm going out to dinner tonight. So they just throw their whole day out. It's like, well, no, if you had a decent breakfast, a decent lunch, you two pieces of fruit and a protein shake, whatever the fuck you had at the pub is fine because you've Mm. focused on things that have made you have health, like they're for your health. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people are either all in or all out. And it's like, no, you don't need to be that. You can have, you know, one foot in, and enjoy your dinner out and then the next day you get the other foot back in the game and you just go back to normal like and i feel like it takes a long a long time for people to realize how good it feels to be consistent but once they get a taste of Mm -hmm. that it's like their whole thing switches and they're like actually like i've just been away on a holiday and i'm actually excited to get back to my regular Mm -hmm. routine because i feel better um but yeah they're a lot of people just look at the day as like a or the week as a total fucking blowout, and they're like, "Nah, oh, I had that one dinner out, or I went out for drinks, or whatever. I've blown it out." The best thing you can do is just go back to eating good, balanced food, like whether it's eighty yeah. twenty, like eighty percent whole food, twenty percent soul food, or seventy thirty, whatever your balance is. As long as you are keeping in mind that your body needs more than four blocks of chocolate and a KFC box mm. to function properly, you can have a quarter of a block of chocolate, KFC box, and some fucking great food for your health for the rest of the day. Like, yeah. um, it also depends on your goals because, like, obviously, if you're in a deficit and you're doing that every day, it's going to slow your progression down. But like, if, if you're patient and that's how you want to do it, that's fine as well. Okay. Yeah, I think that that's expect- in, I think that's really yeah. important too, right? Is it's all very goal specific. So for somebody who boom, boom, boom. is training for a bodybuilding show, they will be following a very strict and regimented diet plan and foods what they intake is because structurally that is what they need to do and because their end goal is to look the greatest that they can on stage. They will do whatever they can and what they need to do to get there. And I think that it's uh, you're spot on with what you said as well with um, people's relationship with food ultimately probably sucks, right? Because they're uneducated for one. And two, that's why they are in the position that they are right now. Why they're looking at somebody like a nutritionist or like a personal trainer. And the reason is because 
some part of their, whether it's their training or their food, they have a bad relationship with it. It's an inconsistent relationship. And for a time, you need to be strict on yourself. For a time, you might need to make the sacrifices that, yes, right now, I am going to be able to find balance. But for the last however long it's been, I actually haven't been able to find balance. So I need to focus on just being strict on myself, whether that's in the gym or in the kitchen. And then once you have a better relationship with yourself, you have a better relationship with food, that's when you can start to bring the balance back in. That's when you can start to enjoy the foods that might be, air quote, a little bit naughty. And that's when you can start to do it. But from the beginning, I think that you need to sometimes draw a hard line and just be like, I am not going to do this for X amount of time because I need to. Yeah, I agree 100%. And I always, this is why tracking, as much as I don't track anymore because I've got so much knowledge around food, I know what is in the food that I love to eat. Sometimes I'll jump on just to do like a little fact check because I'm like, oh, I wonder what is even in that. But tracking is good because you don't realize how many calories, how many carbs, whatever, the content of food, um, a lot of people have no idea. No idea. Mm -hmm. Like I used to joke about how I thought sauce actually was the reason why I was fat. And it probably was because I used to pound that stuff on. And it is so full of calories and added sugars and all that stuff. Don't get me wrong. I still eat sauce. But I'm mindful of how much I have now. And I actually am enjoying my food more because I can taste it. Crazy, huh? You cook this massive meal and then you just lather it in barbecue sauce. It's like, Mm -hmm. what was I doing? But anyway, it's like. And then I also think that if you like rein it in, you have time to start feeling results, seeing results, getting the benefits of your body functioning properly. Your stress levels are balancing out because your body is functioning properly. Your brain, like your brain function is um, more focused because your body actually has (laughs) the nutrients to function. Mm. Like your digestive system picks up, your um, hormone regulation. Like, I mean, if you give yourself enough time to feel what it feels like to be healthy and functioning, then when you go back to introducing those naughty foods back into your face, in your face, you're going to be like, I can have a couple or one of that because I know that if I go too much, like eating a whole pizza, I'm going to feel like shit tomorrow. Yeah, It's just the truth. But you've got to actually have a reason. Like you've got to have felt that reason to have that restriction, if that makes sense. I find a lot of people haven't, done it long enough to actually have the feel-good sensation from being healthy that they only are sourcing the feel-good sensation from not eating healthy. Um, So there is a a trial time. Um, I have a lot of clients that come on that I haven't felt it yet. And I'm like, you got to get to that point. Just keep going. Like we're not super strict over in this realm, so you should be fine. Um, And that's also another reason why I share a lot of what I do because Um, there is ways to have a whole pizza at home and they taste better. Like, you know, if you're, you're going through a stricter phase because you have a specific goal, make a pizza at home. We bang them out all the time. Now I have burgers at least twice a week and people are like, how I'm like, because I know that I can have all this within moderation and it's going to be so much better for me nutritionally than the one down at Macca's, but don't get me wrong. If I want a Big Mac, I'll go have a Big Mac. Like, 
Mm-hmm. It's okay. I just know that that doesn't have as not, as much nutrient dense stuff in it for me. Um, but it's also like, you know, in my world of how I coach, it's, you know, if you want something and you love something so much, like me with tacos, I make it work, right? Um, and a lot of the foods that yeah. we buy out and about actually can be quite nutrition dense when you make them at home mm-hmm. or you add something extra to it, like, you know, getting a meat lover's pizza full of protein. Yes, it's going to be high in carbs. It's got a great base on it, whatever. Can you, you know, chuck this, this and this mm-hmm. on it? It's going to add the add to the veggies. I don't know, whatever you want to do. Um, there's a place, everyone, everyone has a different balance. I'll keep going back to that. Mm-hmm. My 80-20 might not work for you. You might be a 90-10 mm-hmm. guy or a 60-40, like whatever. But if you can consistently mm-hmm. be a 60-40 guy, for 12 months of the year, that's better than being a freaking zero or hundred guy where you're a hundred percent off the wagon and you're not taking mm-hmm. any care of yourself because you, you're getting results anyway. Right. Um, and that's mm-hmm. what I try and get my clients to be like, find your balance. And if you can be consistently that person and that's how you maintain or how you, you know, are going to keep on the track to bettering yourself, then I'll support that. Let's do it. And then eventually yeah, it's actually a trick. It's actually a trick because eventually they become an 80-20 gal or a guy because they start feeling good and they start gravitating towards better foods because they feel better, right? And then they get that feel-good energy from eating better, training better, doing all that. And the next minute, I'm like, you don't even need me. My job here is done. I feel like Mary Poppins sometimes. They're like, don't leave. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm telling you, it's time for you to leave the nest. Yeah. You guys need to do this on your own for a bit. I've done my job here throw out my fucking umbrella and I'm like, see you later. Like there's someone else <laughs> to be that. helped. Um, yep. But I say to like, I've let some of my clients go because I'm like, you are ready. Like I'm not yep. going anywhere. I, You don't have to be paying me for me to be a support system. I proved that online for many years. I've spent mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars creating food, hundreds of hours in the kitchen, cleaning up and cooking and whatever else for free. I want to help people for free yeah. as much as I can, but also for those paid positions that they're getting like one-on-one attention. If you're ready to leave the nest, get the fuck out of the nest because the next person needs to come mm. in. Sometimes it yeah. takes me going, you're ready. Go out and do it on your own. I'm still here. You can message me whenever. You found your balance. Just keep doing what you're doing. And yeah. every time they're like, I did it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm doing yeah. good. I'm like, I know, I told you that. <laughs> like yeah. I knew you would. Cause... And it's funny because, right, like it all it all comes back to the, the common denominator, which is knowledge and being actually able to, to learn about yourself, about your food, about how your body reacts to different foods, different training styles, so on and so forth. And I think that it's like, one of the most common things, and I used to see this when uh, when I was an active personal trainer, is that you tell them one thing and they take it as fucking gospel, right? And it's just like, yeah, like this, yes, this is a proven way of things to work, whether that's a meal or whether that's a training style. But you need to figure out whether or not that works for you. Because like, I know that some people just hate running, right? But me, as soon as I start running, like every single part of my training gets better, I don't know why. Maybe it's some kind of physiological thing within myself that only I achieve, but I'm sure there's other people out there who do it as well. But you know what I mean? Like that my body reacts to that really, really well. 
and then it doesn't react very well to other things. And learning how your body adapts, how it can grow, how it can lose weight, gain weight, gain muscle, lose muscle, whatever the fuck it is that you're trying to do, learning about your body, learning about the process, and then learning why is it good and why is it bad. And taking all of those scary factors that maybe you don't want to type into Google. And that's the other thing, right? Like Google is full of really good stuff. It's also full of really bad stuff as well because there's contradicting things all the time, um, especially, you know, around the food and well, especially the health and fitness world. Um, like some people will say that fasting is really good for you because it has X, Y, and Z benefits. And other people will tell you that it's the worst thing since you know, whatever, like it, it just really depends, right? You know, everybody has their own bias around things. I would actually, I'd love to get what your thoughts are on um, something like fasting, which has started to come back into uh, the health and fitness world a lot more now. People are starting to talk about fasting. What's your, uh, what's your thoughts on, on fasting? So, yes, it benefits some people and other people different. I think it comes down a lot to meal timing. And for me personally, I unintentionally fast till about 10 a.m. Yep. So I train in the mornings. Mm-hmm. I can't eat before I train. Or I have a banana and like a shake. So it's not really fasting, but I would say for me, the, the way I eat, fasting. But yep. in saying that, I'm the most hungry and I enjoy my food the most from 10 a.m. until dinner. That's when I appreciate the meals that I'm eating. So I'm eating for a purpose, right? And my body is like a body clock. 10 o'clock hits, I'm ready to smash out food. Like I'm hungry. Um, My also, for me, the most hungry time for me is late afternoon to dinner. And if I can push my meal timing that way, it's not really fasting because I'm eating a bit later in the day. Um, I'm just changing my window of like when I'm not eating, if that makes sense. Like I find that, um, you know, people take it to an extreme. Like I've seen people doing like 24-hour fast or this or that. And look, if that works for them and that makes them feel better, like you with running, if that benefits them within reason and within safety, um, and it's also done in a controlled environment where they're not doing it, you know, once a week or something when they're taking out a whole day of nutrients from their overall scope of food. Like, I feel like that's extreme. I yeah still eat like I fast, I guess, but I still eat what I need in my window of time. Whereas some people fast and cut out a whole meal. That mm-hmm. I don't believe in. I think that yep. fasting to minimize your daily intake affects your health because there is no mm. way possible if you're fasting and you skip breakfast or you're fasting and you skip dinner, you are under eating. Like, yep. And if, if your macros are coming in and your calories are coming in, your calories are coming in, you know, like under, under 15, 1600 calories or even lower, some people would be eating way lower than that, that's not benefiting your health you're essentially starving your body mm-hmm. of the macro and micronutrients it needs to function. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't mind fasting in a sense if you're still getting in what you need um, and what if, what will keep your health retained. But if you're fasting to skip a meal and you're not getting in what your body needs to be healthy, happy, functioning, full of energy, I'm not for it. I don't, be- yeah. I don't believe that is beneficial at all. 
I always preach that if you can eat as much food as possible, say you're in a deficit, I want you to be eat as, be able to eat as much food as possible and still achieve your goals. Mm-hmm. But then another coach over here is saying, I'm going to put you on a 1500 calorie diet. We're going to exercise six times a week and you can only eat chicken, lettuce and broccoli. What are you going to do? You're going to come to me, aren't you? Because mm-hmm. the people that find food as a negative thing in their life have a problem with food. Food's mm-hmm. not the problem. It's their perspective of food. Um, once yep. you start seeing food as your petrol in the car to get you to A and B, your fucking motor in your car to even get you started in the day. Like once you start realizing that how much fuel you put in your body is how far it's going to get you is when you start to realize that you're eating for a purpose, not just because you have to. I think there's a big difference. So fasting, if you're getting in what you need, I'm okay with it. But if you're cutting out a meal, no, I don't think that's healthy long-term. Because yeah, and so uh, Josie, what do you think is a is a food maybe like a food group or maybe a specific food that people should be starting to eat more of? Because um, especially like let's talk women, right? A large majority, and like the uh, the statistics show that a large majority of women are always in deficiency of iron, right? Most of the time. And there's a couple of different obvious factors with that, um, within you know how you guys all work and operate. Um, but what's something that for both men and then for also women that people need to be starting to implement into their diet more of? Yes, iron is a big thing, but like you said, it can be um, factorized by our cycles. Um, our overall intake is usually a bit less than men as well. Our food choices. Um, obviously red meats, we all know that red meats are high in iron. Um, we also, leafy greens, great for iron. Um, but another thing that you need to take into account too is that we store and process these things differently. We're all different in that sense. So um, before I got my health under, under control, um, I used to be low in iron all the time. It wasn't because I wasn't eating enough iron. I actually wasn't storing enough iron because my body wasn't functioning correctly. So um, looking at it a different way, it also can be another reason to get your health in check and get your body functioning correctly because sometimes our body's not doing what it needs to do overall because it's just trying to survive. Um, Digestion is another thing. So um, I think an under-noticed thing is fibre. Fiber is really essential um, for women, 25 grams a day, men 30. can be variant depending on the person. Um, I eat close to 20, um, sometimes a little bit more, but that works for me. Um, but some people need more than that or less than that. I think fiber is a big one. Um, digestive health is very underrated. Um, your digestive system pretty much keeps your body digesting, getting what it needs, getting rid of what it doesn't. If you're not looking after your digestive system, you're literally storing shit um, in your body, um, which when you are storing too much, your body is still absorbing. So um, siphoning the shit out quickly is good. Not too quick, but Mm. quick enough. Um, I think fiber is a big one. Um, And I also just think that people have become so scared of carbs, so Mm. scared of carbs. 
someone asked me the other day, they're like, if you could eat one food for the rest of your life and not be scared about it, I said, hold on, I wouldn't be scared of eating any food for the rest of my life. So get rid of that. I said, but if I could eat one thing for the rest of my life, it would be bread, toast, yeah. fresh bread with Vegemite and butter or toast with any spread on it, toasted sandwich, like toast, just yeah. bread in general. Um, and it's funny because I've come from a keto background where carbs were not the friend. I've done mm -hmm. egg fasting, bloody carnivore, like you name it. And carbs were not in any of that. Um, yeah. But the best and long-term results and the best I've ever felt and the, the healthiest I've ever been has a whole lot of carbs in it. A whole mm -hmm. lot of carbs within balance, within reason, obviously. If I could eat a whole loaf of bread, I would, but I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, when you over restrict a certain macro, that's when long term it's just not manageable. I know people that overly restrict fats, and it's like, do you understand how important fats are for your hormone health, your heart health? Like, we eat these things for a reason. There's obviously different types of fats. KFC Zinger Box, avocado, definitely different. Both got yeah. fats in them. We know this, right? Um, and yeah. this is where the education is getting so much better because there are people out there explaining the different types of carbohydrates. Like, you know, we're getting carbohydrates from breads and pastas and stuff, but potatoes, they're literally natural, have carbohydrates mm. in them. Like, yeah. find a balance. You can have both. Imagine living mm. without potatoes. Like, yeah. <laughs> pasta. What do people eat yeah. spaghetti bolognese with? I know I did it with zucchini noodles for a long yeah. time, and it was pretty good nothing beats a pasta um but yeah really yeah. understanding that there's a difference between like you know fats making you fat eating kfc boxes all day every day whole lot of saturated fat deep fried it's gonna make you gain weight eating avocados yeah. every day you're not gonna gain weight it's got a great source of fats in there and they're, they're natural fats like you need them mm. um but you can have both you can put your avocado yeah. on your KFC if you want. But I think yeah. in general, just the, the the knowledge and education around the different types of macros and how they benefit you is really important. Um, but, yeah, I think we just, everyone needs a bit more variety, like mm. a bit more of everything, having a balance within all of the macros, micronutrients. Um, I think that is long-term the best way the majority of population can live a long and healthy life eating a balance of things. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it keeps your, uh, it keeps your palate happy as well, right? Like, I mean, at the moment, um, my diet is very, very bland and it's very, very boring uh, purely because um, my, I have a specific goal that I'm trying to achieve and I know how to achieve it. And the only reason why I know how to achieve it is because I've, one, I've done it before, but two, I also have the knowledge around it. I also know what I'm doing. Uh, I know why I'm doing it as well. And it comes full circle to what we were talking about before is you need to have a reason why you're changing your diet, why you're going to start exercising more. And those reasons and those whys can change and they can you know, kind of fluctuate a little bit um, as to, you know, like what it's for. But I think that if ultimately to kind of bring it to, you know, like a point is that it's if you want to have a happy, healthy life for as long as you can, 
then the only way that you're going to get there is if you start with your own health, from your gut health to your mental health to everything physical about you. And that all comes from what you put into your body, both what you look at, what you listen to, and ultimately what you fuel your body with, with with the food. Because we eat every single day, you know, like as a Western culture we're very fortunate and lucky to be able to have the varieties of food that we have and there are so many places in the world and people in the world who don't have that and we are kind of like rubbing salt in a wound to those people that we complain that you know like there's not enough foods and things like that but you just need to gain a better relationship with your food Um, but that starts with gaining a better relationship with yourself and that starts with wanting to change it for yourself and for a reason. And what that is, that's something that you've got to figure the fuck out yourself. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. And I think yeah. uh, just touching on it quickly, I think yeah. like where you are right now in like your goals, mm-hmm. I think the education behind it is what the difference between having a healthy cut or deficit compared to one mm-hmm. that's just got no education behind it. If I was to go in a cut tomorrow, I would look at my macronutrients and say, what are the most calorie dense things? So obviously I'm going to cut out the KFC mm. because that's an easy option. And I'll cut down on the pasta and the bread, yeah. um, you know, cut down on the things that are very calorie defi- um, calorie um, high because they're the easiest way to get your calories down, right? Um, but it all just comes back to education. You've got to learn yeah. about food to have a trust in food because if you don't understand something, how are you supposed to manage it? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the end of the day. And I think, as, I think as well as understanding how your body actually works, right? Like understanding what a BMR is, which some people are listening to this going, what the fuck is a BMR? Which for people, it's a, your basal metabolic rate. That is how many calories, we're talking calories, um, that your body is burning and using to survive. Not doing anything else, just living. Breathing in, out, sitting, walking, all of that stuff. Not doing anything overly active. So if you understand what that is, and there is, there's a very long, um, what's the word? It's a, what's that thing where all the numbers are, se- not a sequence? Oh my God, I've just had a complete <laughs> mind blank on what it's called. And now I am um, too, like a, a calculation yeah. of all these things a that calculation. add up to what That's your body needs. Yes, thank yeah. you, calculation, my God. <laughs> my brain went, um, and I was like, oh God. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that, like, there's an, an enormous calculation way that you can do it, right? And I remember when I was going through my um, personal training course years and years ago, that was the way that you had to do it. It was like, you know, your your age times this plus your height times this and whatever. Like, I can't even remember it because now you can get on Google and you can type in, figure out my BMR and all you need to know is how much you weigh and how tall you are. And it'll tell you, like, you know, based off an average of people that are roughly this tall, this weight and how active you are as well, this is what your BMR is. Obviously, you can go to and do it a lot further in depth with, you know, sports scientists and nutritionists and things like that. But that's a good way for people to get at least an outlined view on what their BMR is. And then you add how many calories you're burning when you train, when you work out. Go for a run, go for a walk, whatever. And you add that on. Bang. Congratulations. Now you know how many calories you are burning to do the things that you do. 
now. You can eat that many to stay the same. You can eat more to put weight on, or you can eat less to lose weight. It's not very complicated. No, and then it's just finding um, like the minor adjustments either side that fit for yep. you. Because like, I don't know how much you weigh, Paz. How much do you weigh? Uh, so I weighed myself this morning, actually. Um, so at the moment, I am 88.7. Right. So you've only got about 10 kilos on me, right? Which yep. a lot of people are shocked. They're like, what? You weigh that much, Josie? And I'm like, yeah, because I'm full of muscle. I don't have any mm. licenses for these guns, but they're heavy. <laughs> and they're like, you're yeah, an idiot. Yeah. But it's true. Body composition-wise, the only thing that we find a problem with is on these online calculators that it's like, well, you don't know how much muscle mass I have. I'm jacked. Mm -hmm. yep. Yet you're telling me because I'm this many kilos and this tall that I'm morbidly obese. And it's mm -hmm. like, come have a look at me in the street. So that's the only thing you've got to be wary of is that body composition does come into play. Um, obviously, how you train, what you train, like weight training or just running or whatever, there's there's things. like. But it is a good way to get a base understanding of where you should start. Yep. Absolutely. But and that's that's I, the caveat, like that's to back myself, that's the thing, right? Like it's just to give you an outline. It's not going yeah. to be like, you know, this is how much muscle mass you have and things like that. Unless you go and get like water weighed, you're not going to be able to, to figure that yeah. out really unless you've got a Gucci scale and do all that stuff. But even then, how accurate are those, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Josie, for you now with your online business, um, if people want to reach out, because obviously you've filled everybody's head with a, a bunch of knowledge around so many different topics, um, what's the best way if people want to go, well, I loved the way that Josie interacted um, within this and the way she spoke is how I need to be spoken to. What's the best way that people can get in, get in contact with you and, and take you on as their own? A nutritional coach well i'm mainly on instagram i pretty much only mm -hmm. run that platform um so in come follow come have a talk even um even if you don't want any coaching services you just want to come along for the ride it's a great time um i drop a lot of f-bombs but i do spread good education and real life shit like i'm a mom i work two jobs and run a business life is crazy so even if you just want to come and watch, um, that's totally fine. There's also a link in my bio with my services and an inquiry form. So um, if you fill out the inquiry form and you just want to have a chat, there's never any expectations to sign on to anything. I want you to be ready to make a change. And whether that's now, next year, five years, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, the more people that are over on my page seeing the proper education being spread out, the more I hope that it spreads out to the greater population. Because if I had what I was sharing now when I was way younger, I would have avoided a lot of, um, yeah, a lot of bad relationships with food, unhealthy lifestyles and all that jazz. So find me at Josie Flexible Foods. Um, yeah, come over and say, hey. Amazing. Well, Josie, hey, I really appreciate uh, all of the knowledge that you've been, you know, filling this space up with. And uh, I've, I actually really enjoyed kind of going back and forth about uh, a topic that both of us uh, really enjoy and are very passionate about, which is the health and fitness. But also, like you know, you opening up about your your personal struggles as well. Like that stuff is really important. Um, 
you know, and it's very empowering, especially for, for women, but also for men, that everybody has a story, that everybody has been somewhere, come from something. And I mean, you're absolutely kicking goals within your, uh, within your business. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for coming on today. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. No worries at all. Well, Josie, thank you. And uh, I look forward to talking to you very soon. Yes, talk soon. See ya. <laughs>